Hello everyone, welcome to Chat Club. I'm your host, Alan Hilchey. Welcome to Chat Club Podcast. I'm trying to get that out of my mouth. And there's only one rule in Chat Club, and that's everybody talks about Chat Club. It's a podcast on mental health, and I know that I haven't talked in a while. It's been November since I've had a podcast. Um, this one here is going to get home, but before I get into what I'm going to do, this is going to be episode number 32 on my uh, episodes. I just want to get into, I hope everyone had a safe Christmas. hope everyone enjoyed the holidays. I hope it wasn't pandemic restricted like most. And I hope that everyone had a great New Year to start off. I know in New Brunswick here we've had a two-week uh, hiatus where it's only one house bubble and this pandemic's getting old. So when it's getting old and people are frustrated, it tends to hurt our mental health. In today's episode, I wanted to touch on mental health in our young kids and children over the last two years, how it's been really emotionally damaging for them, and a lot of life transferable skills aren't being met because we interact, we personally interact, and we're not getting that. Um, you know, kids now, uh, there's major disruptions in their lives. You know, you can't go to the grocery store, uh, you're wearing masks. There's a lot of information on this on the internet, but I want to touch a little bit on that, but I also want to uh, look at my how we're going to do things and how my province is not doing, I think they're doing a job, but I don't think they're really understanding the mental aspect, the mental health. Like When we get into the children, they're missing school. They're missing how to interact with kids. Um, you know, we're looking at, you know, doing school online and virtual, and the kids aren't having that interaction. And that interaction is learning how to talk to people and learning face gestures and learning the appropriate things to say. It's almost like we're texting on our phones and, not, you know, texting beside each other but not talking. That's kind of what, I'm, what, what I think it's all about. You know, while children and students are in secondary school, you know, blended learning models, you know, that get into whole aspect of learning virtually and some of them have rotated days in school, days virtually. I mean, that's not bad, but everyone's so worried about the pandemic. They're not worrying about our young children and the mental impacts of what's going on here. Wearing masks, uh, you know, you know, classrooms can't interact, uh, you know, there's a lot of children that are really smart and can figure this stuff out. They understand that. And, and the biggest thing is they can't understand why they can go on the bus with the students and on the bus with masks, but they can't interact in school. Now, if a, children, if a child doesn't think that makes sense, then how are adults going to make sense of this? And it, it's such a... A frustrating thing and I understand that the government and the mandates are to protect everyone but it's not protecting our mental health and our mental health is depreciating it's depleting it's it's going down and we've had some young people that have taken their lives as a result of this pandemic and you know this this all plays out to various things for the young children and young adults is we talk about we talk about their school, but we're also talking about sports and school sports and 
we're talking about different things like that. These ex these extracurricular activities like school, uh, that had school like basketball, volleyball, all these different things are also learning tools, life tools. They're learning how to play well with others. They're looking, learning how to interact. They're learning problem-solving skills, how to be a team member, how to not be an individual but flourish as a team member, how to have some leadership skills, and how to take instructions, and learning various skills that we need in, in the real world. And I think the children are losing a lot of this. Um, and they're closing rinks down because they're scared that the spread of the Omicron, the Omicron is the least worst of all the variants. Like, give your head a shake. Like, I understand that there's people out there that are vulnerable, but protect them. These people know who needs to be protected. Um, some are responsible and some aren't. Um, we've had various things that, that have, you know, made our numbers skyrocket. I understand. This isn't going away. It's been two years, so this is not going away. So, I mean, we're looking at, you know, hockey and softball and soccer, and we're looking at all these activities that are being canceled that these these children can't interact or play sports. It's very hard, and how are they supposed to manage? I mean, we have adults out there that can't manage this pandemic with their mental health. Be, and they have a heck of a lot more tools than most of the kids that are that are dealing with this. There's kids crying. I, I've, I've heard of like little kids literally crying in school that they can't see their friends or this pandemic's hard on them. The governments aren't understanding the full impact. And now we have Trudeau, you know, holding the truckers down and this vaccinated and unvaccinated. Like when I got into this, and they said the two when you get vaccinated for two. We're going green. Well, I think we're going backwards, folks. I think that we're being held down. and I, I don't know. There's a lot of anxiety going around. The kids are developing anxiety. And, you know, I mean, you look at some of these stats that I've, I've pulled off the Internet, and they found that children, like general population, uh, has elevated a trajectory of social anxiety symptoms from the age of 10 to 18. Uh, years and they're 20 more like 20 times more likely to be depressed 16 times more likely to have social anxiety disorder six times more likely to have you know generalized anxiety disorder wow we've done a great job with these kids haven't we we've our leadership's just unreal you know i don't understand what they're doing with the kids they're taking away the sports they're minimizing their activities and stuff you know kids are resilient they're and you know the ones that are having underlying issues and you protect those the other kids are healthy let them go let them let them play their hockey let them and and they were you know we had you know last year we've had a few young individuals that have taken their lives because of depression and the, the lack of mental health aid out there for our young kids you know it shouldn't be a three-month wait it shouldn't be a four-month wait this should be a 24-hour thing this shouldn't be we're sitting here oh well bobby joe's got her appointment there in three months well what's going to happen in those three months is there's no interaction there's no there's nothing to help them so they're just get progressively getting worse 
And, you know, I, I really feel sorry for the parents nowadays and how much, you know, the poor mental health in, in our society right now is a reflective of this pandemic and our government. And our government's going to stand up to the mental health and, and start putting money into it and really focusing on getting people trained. Man, pay for people's education to get them trained. There's there's people out there that want this, can't afford it. So, you know, you make them do it, and you sign them for a five-year contract. You have to do five years. And hopefully we can get on top of this. If we need things like nursing and that sort of stuff, pay for it. But, I mean, this this has really gone too far. This in and they talk about a uh, school-based mental health strategy. The, you know, the first step along continuum continuum of care pathway, and you know talks about a different bunch of stuff. And I don't want to get into it too much because it just seems like they're spinning their tires. Because in actuality, you know, in the schools now today that. There's a lack of teachers and substitutes and EAs, and they're burnt out. If you think the nurses and the healthcare, you you go in the school system and you go be an EA, or you go become a teacher, because they're pulling their hair out and they absolutely love their job, and they're getting burned out and they're they're dropping like flies too. I, I mean, I've heard of people just okay, I've had enough, I've had enough, and there's no support. Uh, schools have the you know, schools have the capacity to increase awareness about mental health. You know, they need to get the resources to identify the students that are at risk and provide prevention and do it early. You know, we got to connect these kids with, with, with services. You know, I mean, the mental health is going to start here. And this is going to be a really hard time for everybody it's gonna be a hard time for our society and it's gonna be hard on our kids this isn't going away but I hope this is the last of the Omicron because we're talking about it and then we're talking about like one week they're in school okay the numbers are up we're gonna we're gonna do virtual and you know honestly there's some kids that aren't getting it and need the visual and they're losing in their schooling and it's frustrating for the teachers and their curriculum because they're trying to pre present stuff online, and it's very hard because some teachers need to see the kids to get, you know, there's a lot of nice teachers out there and a lot of great teachers, and, you know, they're not having the access or they're not getting, they're not getting the thanks they need. They're not getting the support they need. EAs and teachers are just running rapid. And they're tired. And, you know, you have... The principals and the vice principals and and they have no resources to give them i mean they're at their ends wit too i'm not saying that um i'm pretty sure that nobody wants this stuff going on nobody wants to be disconnected from teachers when when they're online but the kids they need some sort of structure and there's no structure when you're online there's no there's no set rules or boundaries and they're not teaching them anything and it's a really hard thing to tell kids okay You've got to do this, and you've got to do it now uh, online. Online is a failure. It's a failure to our kids, and it's a failure to our society. We need to get them in school, and we need to get them every day in school, and 
we can manage this pandemic. If there's people that, then we isolate them. But don't take away their sports. Don't take away their, their activities because all you're doing is harming the young kids. You're making them depressed and they're getting anxious and they can't go to school because they're anxious because they haven't been there so much. And they're scared and they're afraid because of the pandemic. Everyone's made such a big farce about this. Such a big handle on, oh my God, you know, this is the next thing and people are going to die. Like, we're, we got to get away from that. We got to, we got to be sensible and we got to be, you know, we got to get training and we got to get a whole lot of stuff in that school to help these kids. And there's not enough training and, and the EAs and the teachers are burnt out and you have to get people that really care about what they're doing. And you need to, you need to mobilize this and you need to get it done now and you can't sit back and say we're going to do this. You need to make a vested interest and these politicians and governments need to get up off their butts and start doing something and stop figuring out what they're going to do to, to, to curve the curve. You're not going to curve the curve. It's here. We're going to have to work with it the best way we can. We can't sit here and mull over how many more that we have. We're just going to have to. We're not. The, they're just going to have to raise their hands and say that oh, they have no idea what they're doing. They have no idea because they don't. They're you know you have a bunch of healthcare professionals that think they know everything. They don't. They don't know everything. These doctors are fighting over who's got the right idea and which is the right method. They're flying at the seat of the pants. They have no understanding of this, this virus. No more than you or I. And this seems to be a sense of control and mandating people and closing businesses. And the small businesses are hurting. But what's mostly hurting is our interaction of our youth and the mental health. And, you know, we talk about mental health and it progressively gets worse and on to suicide. And I can tell you right now, you talk to the parents that have had their kids commit suicide and they are devastated and they have no understanding of what has happened. And it happens so quick because you don't see it coming. It's not noticeable. And kids are getting left behind. There's not enough school-based mental health professionals in our school system. And this is where it needs to be. You need to put an influx of education, training courses for the teachers and, <clears throat> and, and the EAs. You need to put on assist courses. You need to uh, roadmap the mental health. Um, the roadmap to mental health is a federal initiative put on by the military. One of the best courses I've ever taken. Shows you what you need to do and coping mechanisms and show these kids some some coping mechanisms. Put some tools in their toolbox so when they're having these days they can they can talk about it. And a lot of kids are quiet because they don't know they should talk about it. They don't want to scare anybody and they don't want to they don't understand how they're feeling. They don't understand these feelings. They don't understand the negativity. They don't know the impact. These, this is crisis in, in child and youth mental health that we've never seen, and it's going to continue to come until we get a handle on what we're doing with this virus. And they should not be pulled out of them schools. And I don't care how bad the virus gets. You isolate people, you do what you can do. And I was told by somebody one time, if you look for things hard enough, you will find it. Um, but 
just getting back to the mental health. Like we need to increase the mental health, and we need, you know, in schools, we need to reduce the stigma of why the stigma of mental health and not make it a such a a laughable thing. Like oh, Johnny's got mental health over there, and they start making fun of him. Like that's that stigma's got to stop. It, it schools need to have this generated. Uh, community atmosphere where everybody wants to help everyone and that should be the mission of the school and if these teachers that don't want to teach then go do something else because you get summers off doesn't give you the right to teach kids and you need to care with these kids and work with them and you know you need to teach them you need to plant seeds so these seeds are eventually going to sprout and the kids going to get it and then they're going to come back to you and say you know what Mr. Ochi, thank you so much for what you did. And then, and nine times out of ten, these kids are the kids that you had problems with. These are the kids that didn't want to listen. But they picked up on the seeds and they sprouted. But there needs to be more mental health in the schools. There needs to be services. Like, you know, you got guidance counselors, but there's got to be more. Maybe even life coaches. Maybe even uh, mental health counselors just to help them out and, you know, and this is all all ages in school, all ages, because the sooner we can pinpoint this, the sooner we can uh, get some intervention and work on these kids and give them some tools and give them some positive reinforcement. And a lot of it is to love themselves, and they don't, and they don't know how to love themselves, and they feel different than other kids because other kids are, but I mean. You, for instance, you look at Robin Williams, always smiling, before he took his life and making other people laugh. I didn't think he would do that. But it come to the, afterwards, the story come out. Like, you don't know what people are living. You don't know what's going on. And our mental health is in a crisis here. And it's for everyone. It's every profession. This COVID-19 has stressed out so many people. I mean, you think if someone has to isolate for... 12 days without any income. Do you think they can live? No. This is very stressful times. And our government has not helped us out any. All they've done is, is hindered us by restriction after restriction after restrictions and restrictions and restrictions and guidelines and mandates. That's all we hear. You know, I look at our numbers in our province and our numbers are, we have 100 and some through 114 okay 114 in hospital but we have 34 hospitals in our province how is it overloading our the only thing that's overloading our health system is not enough workers it's not how many beds it's the workers that is the true fact it's not about how many beds we have I mean we got less on ventilators we have less in the ICU those are the numbers we need to focus on People are going to get sick, and people are going to get sick from the Omicron. From what I understand, we're supposed to get 5,500 positive cases a day, and that's what they're predicting. And we want a two-week um, isolation or circuit breaker, they call it. Come up with these unique names to make it so less intrusive. But all they're doing is making people frustrated and angry. you got small businesses in my community that can't open their doors. But don't worry. Walmart, Costco, Irving, all those places are getting taken care of. 
but our small businesses are getting hurt. And that's not fair to them. Absolutely not fair. So we don't recall closed Costco and all them. Let's see how that works out. But you there wouldn't be. Government's so scared. And there's no reason why those restaurants could not be at 50% capacity. Those restaurants. Or, for instance, our estheticians and beauty consultants and hairdressers. They're getting screwed. Hairdresser could go to Costco, see the Costco cashier, go shopping. That Costco cashier and that hairdresser could be in Home Depot together. Now, does that make sense? Do you not think that they take precautions to make sure everything's clean? I'll tell you, my hairdresser's pretty darn good. And she has everything clean. And she wipes it down. We wear masks and then we haven't. She does not digress from that one bit. And my heart really feels bad for them. But, of course, I'm getting sidetracked. But investing in the school-based mental health services helps the playing field. It simply helps everybody. It takes the load off the guidance counselors, teachers, uh, EAs. Schools can also provide professional services to all school-age children, regardless of their families' access to community health care settings. So if we can't do it in the community, why don't we put it in schools? Why don't we put them in the schools? If we need mental health, you have some out there, let's start investing in the schools. Like, gosh, we're paying taxes over through the nose, and we can't help out our youth? Give your head a shake. What are you worried about? The Irvings getting their money so they can pay the workers? They have billions of dollars, and they do not care about New Brunswickers or Nova Scotians or the Maritimes. Do not care. They care about their executives and their buddies that make the money. That's the bottom line. And there's nothing that's ever going to change that. So, you know, when we get into the mental health side of it, we need schools open. We need extracurricular activities going in the schools. Hockey, baseball, softball, rugby, badminton, wrestling, whatever. Get it going. These kids need an outlet for their frustration. It's their mental health. That is their mental health timeouts. It's their coping mechanisms with everything going on. It's their stress reliever. I know when I played sports, it's exactly what it was to me because it puts me into another zone where I don't have to think about my problems. I don't have to think about work. I don't have to think about a lot of things. The only thing i got to think about is hitting the ball, catching the ball, playing with my team, being a teammate, being a leader, being a role model as kids are watching me, etc. Wow. You know, that's the type of things I don't want in my life. Instead, they have to sit in front of a screen doing their school. And they're going to university and, and they're failing them at university too. Everybody's so scared of this disease that it's impacted the decisions for most people. It takes the decisions of the people's hands, whether they want to go or whether they want virtual. It's not a decisive decision when you're getting told what to do. Seems to me that we're kind of falling into a Marxist scheme where everyone's the same and everyone's doing the same. It's almost communism. 
I'm starting to feel that. I'm sure we're not, but it starts to feel like that. So I think individuals are more likely to be culturally, culturally sensitive and meet the needs of the students. If we get into having our resources in our schools, why don't we do that? Why don't we look at putting more mental health and professionals in there? Train them. Train people. There's people out there looking for it. Invest into our society. Invest into people. There's people that would love to do that but don't have the money to go back to school or live. Why don't they do a recruiting drive base and spend some money and hire these people and you know, and you tell them, I need five years of contract or seven years or whatever. Uh, people will jump on that because people in our society generally want to help, but they don't know where to start and they don't have the money. And the money makes the world go round and round. Maybe Mr. Irving or McCain's could help us out with that, do you think? Do you think? Hmm. So when we get really down to it, like, and when we get, like, even with the kids in school, some of these kids are in a home situation that's not good, and they rely on the school. And that's their getaway, too, from their home life, whatever struggles they have. So, I mean, there's so many different strategies and so many different things. And the negative impact of this pandemic on kids is, I think, very significant. I think it needs to be looked at. And you can study it all you want, and you can look at it all you want, but it's very problem problematic. It's hugely problematic in our society. The uh, mental health illnesses, and the kids that already have, you know, ADHD and other mental health uh, challenges, um, please, COVID-19 has really put a, put a dive into everybody. Um, they have pre-existing mental health problems, um, and they could have, you know, physical problems. This, this is just unreal. It's violent. It goes right through the school system. The teachers and the EAs need, need a pat on their back or some damn support, because some of them are, are doing their two or three times the work they need to be doing, because there's no support. There's no government support. The government makes them work and work and work, and they wonder why so many people are off of mental health or need to take a break. They burn out. I mean, we need to look at how we're doing things and how we're going to do better. And the only way we're going to do any better is if we ask the frontline workers. Not these suits up there making decisions and thinking, you know what, I've got all this education. I went there and there. You know what? I mean, shit. You want to know why I mean shit? Because the simple fact is the frontline workers have it going on. They're the ones that know what works and what doesn't. And you get all these uh, suit and ties and all these high-powered people coming into these schools and thinking they know everything. And then the kids look at them with three hits, which is exactly what you're going to get. Kids need to listen. Actually, I said that wrong. You need to listen to the kids. You need to make eye contact. And you need to listen to them. And you need to engage actively. There's listening and then there's actively listening. 
actively listening means that you're engaged. And when you're engaged, you're going to get a heck of a lot more out of those kids. But anyway, I don't know if I got my point across. I was really trying. And, I, you know, there's so much in this, and there's so much of the pandemic. And there's such a such a, a need for more mental health services for youth. And I think we need to start in the schools. You know, there's high chances of depression. They're engaged in a non-suicidal self-injury like cutting themselves. There's suicidal ideations. There's suicide plans. There's suicide attempts in lockdowns. And anxiety is going through the roof. These kids need help. What are you going to do to help? How are you going to voice it? Are you going to sit back and watch this? Or are you going to be active? What do you think? Something to think about. When you're having your discussions and, and you're reading research and learning about stuff. and You're talking to a guy here that's had mental health challenges. It's not easy. And I'm a full-grown man that went through education and 20-some years of corrections. And I burnt out. And luckily, I was enough of a person to recognize that and got help and needed it. What chances do you think these kids do? You think they're going to recognize it like I do? You think they're going to turn around and say, you know, you're a little bit of depression there. I just want to tell you that. These kids don't know how to express themselves. That's why there needs to be more of an impact on these kids. They talk about mental health and these let's build, let's talk. Throw some money into the educational services. Why doesn't Bell hire somebody to go in the schools and don't do let's build, let's talk? Well, they pay a salary on these professional workers. I know some of these businesses do that to give back, pay the salary of one mental health counselor. That's impact. So this ends my episode. I didn't want to rant on like I did. Hope I made sense during this whole thing. And I really enjoyed talking about this. I'm gonna try to do some more podcasts and try to do more positive ones. I guess this one's kind of a I just thought this needed to be addressed. Um, you know, all this pandemic and stressors and people worrying about certain job titles and we're all going through this. We're all stressed. We're all frustrated. We're angry. And our government needs to do more. Sit back and have these conferences and how many we have and what they're doing. Why don't we invest into our services and help people? Why don't we get back to normal life and see how this goes? Florida's done it. Just run with it. I just wanted to end the podcast and I want to end it on a good note. And I know we're getting through this and we're, we're trying ever so hard to get through this. But I want to thank you for getting up every day. I want to thank you for doing your job. I want to thank you for supporting others, being kind to others. And I want you to love yourself and make sure that you do every day. It's not an easy thing to do during this pandemic. Because I can't get a haircut for two weeks, but I'll figure it out. 
This is Alan Hilchie. This is Chat Club Podcast. I'm going to talk to you really soon. Thanks for listening.